Well, I thought I would speak from the pulpit today, a little out of my norm, but we've got a lot of uh, activity up here today and a lot of different things, so I didn't want to clutter it up some more. And since, since today's message is more of a brief homily with communion service, I thought I would uh, stand behind the pulpit today and use the mic here. But today we continue our series in our book, The Life You've Always Wanted, by John Ortberg. And today, the chapter is on appropriate smallness. Appropriate smallness. Now, there's a term we could really marinate in for a while in our day and age, isn't it? Appropriate smallness. In a day and age when it's all about being large, it's all about promoting yourself, it's all about getting yourself out there and just plastering yourself out there, it seems appropriate smallness is a good message for us today. In fact, oftentimes in my conversations about the kingdom and about Jesus' ministry growing up in the church and as a pastor in ministry, it's like, why didn't Jesus promote himself more? Why didn't he just like, you know, Facebook and Twitter and if he'd had all that, just think what he could have done? Well, I think he knew what he was doing, don't you? And Jesus' ministry was all about appropriate smallness. In fact, it's by being small in the kingdom that great things happen in the world. And so John Orberg says, Appropriate smallness, the practice of servanthood, is essential to us as human beings. In fact, isn't it when we start taking ourselves too seriously that problems start arising? Relationships start to fray. And so we have this yoke that we've had for our whole series to remind us of the wonderful opportunity that Jesus has given to us to come under his yoke, to come live with him, to come let him be Lord. Remember Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 through 30? Come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Remember that passage, those words of Jesus, is a call to discipleship, to come learn from him, to be his student, to live under his yoke. Watch how he works. Watch how he lives. There isn't any greater opportunity in the life of humanity, in my opinion, than to surrender our life to Jesus Christ, to come under his yoke, and learn how he lives. You see, as Orberg also points out in his book, in this chapter, we live in the time of what he calls the lure of celebrity. The lure of celebrity. To be famous. To be known. There was a group of, uh, a team of psychologists at UCLA that analyzed the values and characters of the characters in popular television shows for the past four decades. And they went way back, you know, you can go way back into the 60s and the 70s, you know, the Andy Griffith Show, the Lucy Show, Laverne and Shirley, Happy Days. All of these shows tend to bring out more of family and, and community. But as they began to analyze a lot of the shows, and there's great shows out there, they're not bad shows, but when they looked at a lot of the kids' shows today on the kid networks, a lot of it was about fame, about being famous. But Jesus invites us to be small. Muhammad Ali, again, John Orberg mentions his book. I couldn't resist sharing this one. Muhammad Ali once allegedly refused to fasten his seatbelt on an airplane. After repeated requests by the flight attendant to buckle up, Ali finally said, 
Superman don't need no seatbelt. Well, the flight attendant was a wise person that day, to which the attendant said, Superman don't need no airplane. <laughs> he experienced hopefully a little bit of smallness that day, <laughs> appropriate smallness. And as I was driving the other day and listening to some Christian radio with my kids coming home, they were talking about this concept of the Hall of Fame and the Hall of Fail. And they were talking about these two themes. I thought, that's a great theme to think about. And I'm, I'm listening, and I'm listening. And yet, if you looked at the life of Jesus, if, if his contemporaries in his day and the religious leaders and those in authority were analyzing the life of Jesus, they would not put him in the Hall of Fame. They would definitely put him in the Hall of Fail. Someone who led people astray, someone who, who died on a cross, was crucified with the worst of criminals, he would not be in the Hall of Fame. He would be in the Hall of Fail. And so, church, we must ask ourselves in our lives today, are we striving to live in the hall of fame in our relationships with others? Maybe we need to think more about the hall of fail. Because in the kingdom of God, to succeed is oftentimes to fail at certain things in this world. I like to tell kids sometimes when I'm talking with them that, that oftentimes, don't forget, when you say no to something, you're saying yes to something else. It's not just an empty no. When you say no to the things that can hurt you and the, the, the things that could be detrimental to your character development, you're saying yes to great character. You're saying yes to the things Jesus is calling you to do. Matthew 20, verses 21 through 28, you know, the disciples were up to it again. And they were saying, all right, who's the greatest among us? Who's the greatest? And they got in this argument with each other. Who is the greatest? In fact, the Bible says they became indignant with one another. That's what happens when we start thinking about who's the greatest. Where do I fall in the line of being superior, of being famous, of being well-known, of, of being considered great? It often causes arguments and fights. But Jesus said the greatest among you is the one who serves. In fact, the greatest one who ever came to this earth said, I didn't come to be served, but to serve. And so it must be among you. This is the way things go in the kingdom of God. When you look at the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Father who gave and gave, he gave his Son so that we might be saved. I love Romans 8. He who did not spare his own Son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So the way Jesus lived is the way the Father lives. And of course, the Son, Jesus Christ. Philippians 2, when Paul tells us, have this mind among yourselves. Jesus, who emptied himself, became a man, became a servant for us, so that we might live. Jesus himself said, for who is greater, the one who is at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one who is at the table? But, Jesus said, I am among you as the one who serves. See, in the kingdom, everything is upside down. It's the opposite of what we would think would be normal. Jesus says, yes, we typically think that the one at the table is the one who's greatest, but I've come as the one who serves. So now you tell me, what do you think? If you're going to follow me, if you're going to live under my yoke, this is how we do things in the kingdom. It's not about being served, but serving. Jesus also described the Holy Spirit as one who will come alongside us. Call him the helper, the counselor. 
But in the Greek, it's actually a description of someone who comes alongside to help somebody, a servant. This is how God lives. This is who God is. This is the way things go in the kingdom of God. This is how things function in the kingdom of God. So church, please listen to this. Any other way than being a servant is dysfunctional in this life. Any other way than being a servant with Jesus in the yoke in the lives of others is dysfunctionalism in the church. It's dysfunction in the kingdom. I love the story of Nick Walenda. Maybe you've heard his name. He's an American follower of Christ who has become the most watched high-wire artist and daredevil in the world. His two most recent feats were seen by a billion people across the world. In 2012, he walked a tight wire across, the, across Niagara Falls. In 2013, he became the first person uh, known to walk across the Grand Canyon. He knows that he will be tempted by pride. So listen to this. After the huge crowds and the media fade away, he engages in a simple spiritual discipline. He walks where the crowds have just stood and quietly picks up trash. He wrote this, my purpose is simply to help clean up after myself. The huge crowd left a deal of trash behind and I feel compelled to pitch in. Besides, after the inordinate amount of attention I sought and received, I need to keep myself grounded. Three hours of cleaning up debris is good for my soul. Humility does not come naturally to me, he says. So if I have to force myself into situations that are humbling, so be it. I know that I need to get down on my hands and knees like everyone else. I do it because it's a way to keep me from tripping. As a follower of Jesus, I see him washing the feet of others. I do it because if I don't serve others, I'll be serving nothing but my ego. I like how he said, serving does not come, humility does not come naturally for me. Does it for you? It doesn't for me. And I'm pretty sure it doesn't come naturally to the rest of us. Because it's only by the grace of God. So we surrender to him. Appropriate smallness. The practice of servanthood. There are certain spiritual exercises we can do to help us grow in this area. And one of them I like to do. I like to go out and look at the stars. I have a telescope, and every once in a while I go out in the backyard, and I'll go out, and recently I was looking at different nebulas and different galaxies. But I like to say when I go out the back door, honey, I'm going outside to get small. (laughs) Because when I look at the stars and I look at those things, I'm reminded of how small I am and how great God is. There's things that we can do. If you want to do something that will really help your ego, get small. Bless somebody anonymously. Do it without them knowing it was you. And don't tell anybody else. Acts of service, without them knowing that you did it, without telling anybody you did it, it'll, be, it'll challenge your ego in great ways. Because we often are lured by celebrity. We're, we're lured to be known. We're, we're lured to be affirmed on the good things that we do and get recognition. So if you want to grow in your appropriate smallness and our surrender to God, do acts of service for him without others knowing. See, today is a wonderful example of what Jesus has done for us in the communion that we'll share with each other. You and I get to receive communion. We don't take communion. We receive it because it's offered to us. Because Jesus offered his life to us. He came and he served us by living the life that he did, taking on flesh and blood. 
and taking the abuse that sin could throw. On the cross, he took everything the power of Satan and evil could throw at him. And he took it because he served us. And so today, the, the bread and the wine that we have, we didn't earn it. We didn't deserve it. Jesus has served us with his life. And so today we get to benefit from his serving us. And we're reminded, we do this four times a year as an Adventist community, as a spiritual exercise also to remind us we're called to serve and we have been served by our Lord. Communion is a good time to check the ego. God, where am I? Am I getting too big for myself? Am I getting too big for those around me? Help me to be small. Help me to be the one who serves, the one who surrenders and lives under your yoke and learns from you how to serve. Before I wrap it up here, I must also say there are different ways that we might not realize that we wrestle with this. Sometimes our need to be angry and control takes shows that we take ourselves too seriously. We need to repent. We need to say, I'm sorry. We need to apologize. That's humility. And that's serving as well. Sometimes we can serve, and, and if we're not careful, our service can act like credit in our life here as a community. And we can say, you know, I've been doing this for so many years. Who are you to say this or that? I've earned some credit here. We're all equal at the foot of the cross, church. We are all in absolute profound need of his compassion and grace. And all we do is serve his love. Serve. And let him serve. Today, also in the Adventist church, we practice what we call the ordinance of humility. It means we wash one another's feet as Jesus washed ours. It's pretty humbling to wash someone's feet. We recognize that we bow before our Lord and we serve one another just as he did to his disciples. And he said we'd be blessed if we do this, if we remember to do this. He asked us to remember to do this in the Lord's Supper and in the foot washing. And so we invite all of us to participate today. And in the bottom of the, of the worship service in your bulletin, it, it tells you where you, you can go as far as the ladies, the men, and couples and families. But also today, we like at the first communion of the year that we celebrate, we have these candles up here. And we recognize that life is difficult. And life is hard and life is fragile. And some of us here today have lost loved ones. We've lost friends in the past year of 2013. And if you should choose to do so, we invite you as we separate for the foot washing that you could come up and, and light a candle in honor of God's beautiful creation of their life. A way to remember, too, that the darkness of death that we experience as human beings does not have the final say. But the light of Jesus and the power of resurrection will have the final say. And so we light a candle, remembering the hope that we have in Jesus as the light of the world, who will lead us through to victory, where we will be reunited again with our loved ones forever. So we invite you to do this if you would like to do that uh, this morning. At this time, I would like to pray, and then I invite you to join in the ordinance of humility, at which... When we're finished, we will come back in here and share the Lord's table together. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, 
There isn't really much we can say today except thank you. Thank you for who you are, for the life you gave to us, and for the life you offer to us. As we think about the times in which we live, we thank you that you don't call us to a life of fame, per se, as this world sees it, but a life of loving service. Lord, because that's what you teach us, because that's who you are. As we, as we join you in the yoke, you are going to teach us to serve as you served, to live as you lived, to give our lives away in love to others for the glory of your kingdom. And so as we now separate to participate in this ordinance of humility and come back to receive the emblems, I pray, Lord, that we will allow you to meet us in a very special, special and personal way this morning, that there will be moments of surrender as we do this together and allow you to be Lord and teach us to serve. We ask this in your name. Amen. Let's separate now. God bless. Pastor Pablo to have the blessing on the emblems for us this morning. Let's pray. Let's pray. God, we're gathered grateful for, for your love and your, your life. And as we take part in the emblems, Lord, we want to be reminded of the life you gave us. The life of Jesus who came to serve, who showed compassion, who showed mercy who taught us who you really are. Lord, we want to embrace the life of Jesus today. May we have a, a, an intimate experience with you. May we allow it to touch our hearts and our minds this morning. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.
I'd like to invite you just to take a moment of silent prayer to contemplate the bread which you hold, the symbol of Christ's body given for us. Scriptures say on the night he was betrayed that our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. I invite you now also to take the cup and once again take a moment of silent prayer to contemplate Christ's life, blood given for us to save us. same way scripture says after supper he also took the cup and said this cup is the new covenant established by my blood do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me Amazing Grace. refreshed, knowing that our King 
has served us with his life, fills us with fullness and richness that nothing else can. And as we go, may we live out of the fullness of his life in us and humbly serve those around us with his love. God bless you.